Hello, Collateral Gaming listeners. Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast. I just wanted to take a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. No, it's not video games, but we do invite really awesome and unique bands from all over the world. We dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you, and there's tons of music every week, so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We look forward to having you. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Bo Maddox. This is Collateral Gaming. Welcome to a very special episode of Collateral Gaming, the only video game podcast that matters, where we focus on good games, bad games, and everything else in between in the world of gaming. We are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, I emphasize this particularly this episode, this is a 420-friendly podcast. Oh, yeah, man, and we just got through smoking up so many bowls. <laughs> Hell, God yeah, damn. we did. Oh, um, man. A little bit late on 420. We're a couple days behind. Whatever. Sue us. Um, we did actually end up playing this game on 420, so it counts. Yeah, it does, and what a fun time we had playing it. <laughs> I mean, th- this is such a classic game in so many ways. Such a classic game, but guys... Whatever you have, be it bongs, blunts, dabs, Delta 8, Delta 10, anything marijuana related, smoke Smoke it it if if you've got got it. Because, yes, guys, this is the 420 special, and, and there is no better way to celebrate 420, I think, than getting super stoned and playing a classic stoner game. Yeah, especially on original hardware like what we did. Here. Fuck yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what it's the cherry on top, you know. It kind of just makes the whole experience so much better. Of course, we're talking about GoldenEye 007, the 1997 adaptation of the Pierce Brosnan movie uh developed by Rare. Yeah. I mean, Rare has made so many classic games for the N64. I mean, it's it's kind of a shame what happened to them in the end, but, man, I mean, GoldenEye 64, it's kind of a perfect storm of, you know, classic multiplayer, you know, solid campaign modes, and, and also level design that isn't really half bad, to tell the truth. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm actually impressed with how good this game is for its time. I mean, by today's standards, the uh, the controls and the graphics might seem dated, but when you consider what this game meant, you know, in 1997, what this was capable of, you know, you actually have pretty good AI enemies that react to things like their comrades dying and their and, and shots being fired near them. Something that sometimes you don't even see in modern games with shitty AI. So the AI is actually top-notch. The fact that you could shoot enemies in different body parts, I know this is standard now, but at the time this was groundbreaking. And it's a movie video game. Like, who would have thunk it? Uh, Apparently the team that worked on this at Rare were fairly inexperienced, I heard. And maybe that's kind of what worked here because you had people that watched the movie and wanted to make a game that was as close to the movie as possible. Yeah, and I mean, it's been a while since I've seen GoldenEye, like a very long while. But I mean, from from what I do remember of it, this game actually brings up some pretty classic moments, like like the dam, like especially the dam scene, which is kind of the iconic part of of the movie, you know. Mm And it, this movie recreates that, and, and that's pretty. This pretty game Im- recreates that, Bo. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you said this movie. Oh my god! It's okay, guys. We're high, <laughs> and this is this this isn't being edited. Of course not. But yeah, they, they recreate most of the movie like beat by beat, from what I remember of it. So, so I haven't seen the movie. 
I, I've seen Pierce Brosnan, James Bond, I'm sure, at some point or another. I, I've seen clips, but um, I, I don't think I've seen Goldeneye. And I've seen a few Bond films, not a lot. Mainly, I think, the Daniel Craig stuff, to be honest. But, um, but yeah, no, like, I'm familiar with Pierce Brosnan and James Bond. I just don't remember watching this movie from start to finish. So I don't really have any of that to draw from. But from what I've heard, um, yeah, it is very beat by beat. I mean, the, down to, like, some of the details and, you know, some of the things that Bond actually does that you see him do in the movie. Like you said, like the dam scene where he uh, bungee jumps off the dam, right? Yeah. And uh or you know like there there's a scene I guess in a train where you where you cut open uh a window in the train or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so they they really actually got it down to it's impressive. I I rarely see, you know, video game adaptations of movies that go to that level of effort to try to remain true to it. So it's something that, you know, like if you if you watch the movie you're thinking like you're actually playing the movie now and that's that's incredible like i said i think because you have a team of developers that weren't just trying to create something to sell a product but you know like you probably had people that were fans of the movie or you know at least went to the effort of watching it and trying to you know to use it as a source of inspiration either way (laughs) and especially knowing that this was on the n64 and and, an engine that i mean even for its time, I mean, some people found it a little dodgy to develop for. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, for them to pull this off just with that engine and actually, you know, make such a recreation of the movie, it, it's impressive. And, and you know, looking back on it, I mean, yeah, a lot of the graphics are a little rough and everything. I mean, l- l- let's not l- l- let's not act like, you know... A lot of uh, stuff from this era aged well, you know? But no. this right here has actually aged spectacularly well for its time, and especially if you get some type of uh, device that could actually upscale your uh, graphics and everything. I mean, it it actually looks pretty, pretty fluid, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, I would like to see this game enhanced a little bit. I mean, I bet you could make it pop out a little bit more, and, uh, and yeah... And I think when I when I mentioned that it's dated, the graphics play a part in that, but not as much as I think the uh, the controls do. Oh, I think yeah. the controls do are a little awkward. They take some getting used to. But here's the thing: once you've mastered them, you can actually get good at this game. So you can actually compensate for the controls, you know. And this kind of applies with playing a lot of retro video games that were at least that were at least designed well. The effort was into making responsive controls that worked. And so once once you like learn to master it, then you know, you're you can getting headshots like a motherfucker. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, like you remember yeah. like when you and I were playing in the multiplayer, which we'll talk about of course, but um you know I, there was a certain point where I just kind of figured out the physics of the throwing knives, yeah, and, and, and just and being able to aim them very quickly, and, and so you know I started kicking your ass for the first time during the throwing knife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I, after that, I, I guess I sort of applied that logic and I kind of figured out quick headshots in this game. It's difficult because you know you have the the tank controls, you have what what I. It's actually very similar to Metroid Prime controls. That's the one experience I can draw from. I mean, like you said, it's tank controls. You can move, you know, forward and backward, and you can and you move the the stick to rotate. Um, strafing can be done, and and Goldeneye, that's done by the set, you know, by the the left and right C buttons, which works. So you just have dedicated buttons for that purpose, um, and then uh, up and down on the C. Uh, on the C buttons will actually rotate up and down so you can look up and look down. But if you want to actually free aim, you have to press and hold down either the L or the R button. And so, you know, and you have to stand still while you do that. Metroid Prime did the same thing. You know, uh, you have the, the general take controls, the ability to, you know, it, it's, it's moving back and forth and rotating but you know if you hold down a button you can strafe left and right and then you know of course if you hold down another button you're going to put yourself in the free aim mode but you're standing still while you're doing it that's difficult that's the part that really that, that that's really difficult i mean you can kind of adjust for the tank controls you get used to them after a while they're a little awkward at first but it doesn't take long to get into it but it's mastering when to when to use that free aim mode and being able to do it quickly in the heat of combat pull off a headshot and then back away mind you when you're in the free aim mode 
the second you take your your finger your thumb off the stick, it actually snaps back to the center of the screen. So you have to constantly hold it yeah. in one area. Let me tell you, that is the one mechanic of this game that I feel hasn't aged all that well, especially given how nowadays with FPS shooters and everything, you know, aiming is very precise nowadays. Like but even on a lot of the, those games at this in this era, you know, you, you were starting to get some more precise aiming. You were starting to get into stuff like Counter Strike and whatnot on mm -hmm. PC and everything. But yeah, I just find found that to be really janky, dude. And, and then it led to a lot of confusion during multiplayer, you know, which which honestly, I mean, it just made me just run and gun a lot more than actually try to aim or anything. Yeah, yeah, you do a lot more of that, but. <coughs> when, when you're in a situation where you can kind of actually practice uh, the free aim in the middle of combat, you know, it, it, it takes some getting used to, but eventually you can start pulling some shots off like that. But there's other times where it's perfectly possible because of the aim assist, which is very generous in this game, mind you. Yeah. The aim assist is very generous, so you can sort of run and gun quite a bit and, and get through the game, actually. Um that, that you're going to be doing a lot of that. So, like I said, it's definitely playable. You know, you can you can tolerate the the uh, generational differences uh, and the the lack of you know modern controls, but um, you know it just takes some mastery, and that that's what I enjoy about it. I will say though, a port of this game coming over to like say the Nintendo Switch or you know even other consoles would be great. I would love to play this game. Maybe remaster it, but otherwise just kind of leave it alone and, and port it with modern controls. Chef's kiss. Yeah, definitely. Like, especially <laughs> with the aiming, man. I mean, I feel like it would be a lot more precise, you know? Yeah. Free the free aim mode just never felt very precise to me. It's not. It's not. In fact, there's a lot of moving around. But maybe it's kind of more similar to real life in that aspect. Yeah, in many ways, but. I mean, if in real life, I mean, if you train to to breathe properly and have the right stance and everything, you should be able to uh, straighten your your and align your shot. Well, in I, later I kinda, games, kinda, that's yeah. actually a thing. You know, yeah, in Call I of kinda, Duty, when you use a sniper rifle, you there's a button that you have yeah, to hold yeah, yeah, to yeah, steady, steady your breathing. But I'm I'm sure that they had that even in this generation of gaming. You know, yeah. I'm pretty sure on some of the Medal of Honor games, they started to kind of have that with their sniping and whatnot. I mean, yeah. it's, I don't know, it just, it, it's the one thing that I think kind of knocks the game down a peg as far as the controls are concerned. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, 100% agree. Like, that's that was the, the main thing for me, is that the controls do make the game a bit hard to play. And, and part of that owes to the Nintendo 64 controller kind of being kind of, objectively a shit controller I it, mean. <laughs> it's something that was way cooler back in the day when it came out because it was like i mean that that was the first you know real analog stick that you saw on a mainstream controller you know? yeah no credits for that kudos I mean, yeah. for the first analog stick that was cool um and and whenever the dual shock ended up you know, incorporating the dual analog sticks, that really changed the game. Yeah, that, so, that set the new standard pretty but much. But PS4 paved the way for that, right, with introducing the analog stick in the first place. So respect to that, Nintendo's just always tried to make, you know, up until the more recent generations of gaming with, like, the Wii U and the Nintendo Switch, up before that point, Nintendo was doing their best to be quirky and, like, have their buttons all, you know, like, look at the GameCube controller. Yeah. You know, or look at the Wii, which is just completely different than anything else. Hell, even, like... Like looking at the Switch controls, considering the fact that they're Joy Cons, you know they're a little bit different. Nintendo embraces the quirkiness, and but let's be real, right? The the the, the three handles, like what what's going on here? Yeah, what was the point of that? I mean, it wasn't very ergonomic. I like whenever you're using the stick, it does kind of feel like you're holding the controller at an angle. Yeah, and also, why remove face buttons? SNES had X and Y, right? Yeah. And I guess they were thinking, oh, well, we have the C buttons, but that's not the same. The C buttons you've defined as being the, the option for camera controls. Yeah. Right? And and so, like, like, or primarily that's what you would use it for. So why remove the X and Y buttons? I think that's another thing the Nintendo 64 controller suffered from, and this game maybe kind of suffers from, is a lack of available controls. You know, there's only so many controls that you can use. And yet this game actually kind of masterfully... 
you, uh, it, takes advantage of those. Yeah, yeah. It, it overcomes those uh, those obstacles a little bit. It does, but yeah. it would be better with modern controls, though. I'm just gonna I'm gonna say that. But at the same time, though, it is kind of part of the. Uh, of the experience, so to speak. I mean, there's something very nostalgic about playing it with the Nintendo 64 controller. I think that's something that, you know, if you have the opportunity to do, you should do. Definitely, yeah. It's it's kind of like, you know, how some people, you know, they prefer to play, you know, the GameCube Super Smash Brothers with a GameCube controller. because Still, it's just, to this day, to because this day, of Melee, yeah. competitive players swear by the GameCube controller and they use it. And it's... That actually was a much more ergonomic controller. Um... But it's kind of goofy too, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, for instance, the C buttons are actually a joystick all of a sudden. But it's a smaller, and, not as good joystick. Yeah, it's not like a true analog. It's not a true analog stick. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's it's it, and you know, you've got like weird, the weird face buttons, the big looking A. But then again, it kind of worked because, you know, now you had a button that was just more obviously an action button. Yeah. But with the Nintendo 64, something that I kind of struggled with was a lot of the buttons also look alike. Like I'm not ever quite sure whether I'm hitting A or B. I haven't really yeah, that hasn't yeah. reinforced in my mind yet which one's on top and which one's bottom. It doesn't help that the the colors are green and blue instead of green and red like everything else that came after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. But you know, so I'm I, I constantly had the issue of like accidentally like changing my weapon instead of reloading and shit, and not remembering which button's the interact button. Well, all I gotta say is wait till you actually pick up and play a Dreamcast controller if you haven't before. I've seen a Dreamcast. I don't think I actually played with it. But oh, I, those controllers are weird, very yeah. weird. Like instead of a an actual memory card you have that little vga memory device it has like a little uh, lcd screen on it and everything and it, it's it was very strange like I, it, it's difficult like, like it, it had a single uh joy stick but it, it wasn't really that good you know like i mean the controls for something like soul caliber was pretty okay but yeah you know yeah but i, I mean Golden Lot, Golden Eye, to it to its credit, uh, was just it, it's so technically impressive. I think it did everything it could with with the hardware that it had, and it actually it works really well. You know, this really set the precedent for first person shooters. I mean, it wasn't the first we've had. You know, we had uh, Wolfenstein and Doom before this, but but Th those were very proto first person shooters like yeah. i mean the the point of those games is run and gun gameplay you know it's it's not as nearly as strategic as say goldeneye goldeneye is where you really started to first and, and also to a de degree like something like medal of honor you know that's where you first started to have a little bit of actual strategy in what you were doing you know yeah. or or you know getting into rainbow 6 where you actually had like tactical gameplay you know I, I mean, you really started to see that type of element of first-person shooting, uh, you know, of st you know strategy being used, mm -hmm. you know, and, and and you see how that's evolved into like the Call of Duty games or the Halo games. It's you know, you can kind of make a straight line between you know games like this and games like that. Yeah, true. You know. Yeah, and and you know, I for instance. I feel like this game has much better controls than Resident Evil 4 did of the same game generation, you know? Like, I don't know. I just never got behind the Resi 4 controls. They're Resi so awkward was, to me. Was Resi 4 in this generation? It's PS1, right? No, Resi... Or was it PS2? Resi 4 is PS2. You're right. It is Wii. PS2. Yeah. Um, Resident Evil's 1 through 3 is in this. But uh, see, I'm okay with Resident Evil 1 through 3 because they aren't as action-focused. And, yeah, and, and the controls work for what the game is. But I remember yeah. playing Resident Evil 4. Okay, so a game that came after this, generation-wise, further emphasized my point. Yeah. The controls in that are just weird to me. And, and for yeah. a game that came out on the PS2, now like I think I forgave it originally because I think thought, like, well, this is quirky. There probably wasn't anything better at the time. But there was before that. <laughs> Well, you have to remember that Resident Evil 4, that originally came out on GameCube, so a lot of the controls were very GameCube-centric. You you're, know. you're right, that did come out on the GameCube. But see, here I'm talking about Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime worked. Metroid Prime never felt awkward to me. Yeah. So, I don't know. We're, we're getting off topic, but we're high as fuck, so... Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, Let's talk about the multiplayer a little bit, because... Oh, yeah, the fucking multiplayer. <laughs> Man, we, we were having a little bit of a blast there. 
man. We were, man. And that I think that's the ultimate like stoner experience right there. Because, you know, coming into this episode, there's probably been a, a dozen and one, you know, podcasts that have talked about Goldeneye. So, but what we're going to, we're going to try to bring the, the, uh, Maybe not, maybe not unique experience, enlightening experience of, of playing GoldenEye while being extremely high. On original hardware. On, original on an hardware. original N64 with N64 controllers. And, and core to that experience is, is the multiplayer. Yeah. I mean, and that was, was what really made GoldenEye so revolutionary, is that that's really the first first person shooter that had multiplayer like that outside of outside of the PC. Yeah, like, you had you had motherfuckers had to set up cardboard dividers so that you don't screen shoot. Yeah, exactly. No, no. Here, I mean, you had a split screen multiplayer action, four on four usually, or you could do two on two, and I mean, you're relegated to that screen, and you know, you make do with it, man. And it's like that's just how gaming was back in the day, and to me, it was just so much more of a primal and more intimate experience back then you know definitely when you're in a room with four motherfuckers and you're playing something like smash you're playing like golden eye 64 i mean it's a competitiveness that i think kind of translated from like the arcade generation a little bit you know that 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 type of competitiveness that you know that that was the original type of multiplayer gaming right there was you know arcade gaming yeah so i mean that was where you had those first real types of competitive bouts you know with like fighting games and and also with shooting games and racing games and whatnot like i mean for fuck's sake there there's a motorcycle racing games that are like multiple motorcycle kiosks set up and it's like almost like eight players in one race and everything yeah so so I mean that that kind of translated well over to the console, and th- that was like the first time that we were able to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I- except for maybe the more primitive LAN parties that people would have back in the <laughs> day, which you could totally do with an N sixty four and with uh, with a PS one mainly. Like PS ones were very LAN friendly. Like you can, like if you had a bunch of copies of Duke Nukem Total Meltdown, like yeah, you could totally play Duke Nukem multiplayer on. Uh, on like with like 16 players or whatever well and at the time the nintendo 64 was the superior hardware that was the first that was the first console that was not only 64 bit graphics but had four slots and they had the analog stick yeah and and so i mean it was almost like a perfect storm for a game like golden eye to really take hold yeah. as, as far as multiplayer is concerned and it kind of set the standard for what multiplayer gaming, especially with first-person shooters, would look like for like generations. Like, I mean, look at the split-screen multiplayer for like the early Call of Duty games. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, th- those those are also really, really you know intimate and competitive uh, situations. But that that's that also started to introduce online gameplay around that time. You know, like mm-hmm. Xbox 360 and whatnot. Yeah, but you know, with the multiplayer in in, in GoldenEye is that, you know, the, the the split screen gameplay holds up extremely well. I'll, I'll I'll start with that, you know, and yeah, I mean, you get a screen sheet when you have the opportunity to. I remember, you know, like I, I'm sure we were glancing at each other's screens when we weren't sure where the other person was, and you know, well, that was kind of part of the strategy of you know playing in a multiplayer kind, like situation. It kind like of that. is right, and, and you yeah. don't really get that in the online multiplayer. But I mean, I remember even playing even playing uh, Call of Duty that way with with my friends and with my brother yeah and whatnot is is and, and my sister you know like like we would actually uh we would screen sheet and that was kind of part of the the experience you know yeah. it's, it's, it, 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 there's an additional strategy it's, it's one of those things and kind of like you know cheat codes and everything that wasn't necessarily as looked down upon as it is nowadays you know yeah I mean, cheating, it, it makes sense to kind of look down on cheating What with, you know, the advent of competitive online gameplay. Right, and, if it's competitive. And, and also, you know, like, you know, leagues and everything and whatnot, like ranked gameplay. Like, it, it makes sense to not want to cheat there or for, like, speed running. Like, you don't want to do cheats for speed but running you either. You know, like, we were trolling the fuck out of each other. At one point, I turned on the invisibility cheat just for shits and giggles to fuck with you. Yeah, and then I didn't realize it, and then I'm just like, wait, where the fuck are you? Why, <laughs> how are you hitting me? 
It's like, God damn it. Yeah, we played this with cheats. We tried the DK mode. We tried the paintball mode. Fucking slow animation, turbo mode. Man, this, <laughs> that came from an era when cheating and gaming meant just accentuating the gameplay and making it more fun. Like, like for instance, a big head or a Donkey Kong mode like what we have here. It's like... Yeah. I mean, that's just a silliness, you know? It's like, and it's specifically made for multiplayer gaming. It's it's the kind of shit that I miss from video games these days. Well, it, it definitely enhances the replay value. It breathes life into a game that maybe you feel like you've done everything and Well, now it's, okay, let me go through the campaign and un unlock all of the cheats. And then, you know, if that's what you want to do, or in our situation, just fucking go look it up. I mean, at the time, you didn't have the internet at your disposal, but if you happened to be able to find cheats and, you know, you knew somebody or you read it in a, ma a gaming magazine, then fuck yeah, you know, you, you open up cheats and surprise your friends. You know, there was just kind of another element of that. There was more to explore, whether yeah. that was going through, you know, the, the regular way of the game and unlocking cheats by... By accomplishing things, it was kind of a proto achievement slash trophy system, well, so that's, to speak. That's or <clears throat> just experimenting with shit and surprising your friends. Well, the experimenting shit goes into stuff like Game Shark and Game Genie. Like to me, that was a whole nother level of that. I mean, that was more like game breaking in a way. You were yeah. practically kind of hacking your game a little bit. Yeah, and I fucked with like Game Shark and whatnot, or or um, I think there was another version of Action Replay. I've yeah, I had a actually I didn't. Even have action replay the accessory i had the action replay uh zelda twilight princess game that was like i think it was exclusive to best buy it was the only place i saw that game stopped it wouldn't even give me money for it oh wow and um anyway it was like a separate disc you could you could pop in and then uh or was it like a memory card? I can't remember how it worked. It was probably a memory card. It was probably a memory card. But you you popped that in, and then you 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 know you had the ability to play uh, Twilight Princess with some of the cheats. But they didn't even have like the cool ones, like Moon Jump and shit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just just the regular stuff like invincibility and and whatnot. But this game has that. You know, you can get infinite ammo, which we turned on, and that just made the multiplayer more fun for us. Yeah, because you could just kind of you know just unload on each other you know like i mean if you don't have any inv invincibility on and everything i mean you could just keep murking each other over and over again for like 20 minutes or so yeah we know? did turn invincibility on because i figured like what would be the point we'd just be killing each other we would just be like not never just be, each other. we would just be bullet sponges yeah yeah that's, it that's, be fun. All, that's all we would be but i mean the single most fun game mode out of them all the best weapon to use was slappers only <laughs> it was like how could she slap that's right we did that how could she slap like that was like our thing like we fucking we, we would turn on slappers only and just keep slapping each other yeah and i try to surprise Bo by like fucking okay i found some fucking body armor and he's like why why, why are my hits not hitting i'm like body armor motherfucker bastard but you know i even kind of turned it into a thing of like okay I'll only put on the body armor when I'm low on health because it, it, it prevents me from, from getting a game over. And, you know, you probably still have to get the same approximate number of hits in on me anyway. Yeah. So so I started doing it that way. I, I made it a fair fight. And I told you where the body armor was, and I encouraged you to also body armor yourself up, bruh. And I still kicked your ass. That's because, I don't know, it's just such a small hitbox for those slaps. <laughs> I still do. I still haven't gotten the flow of it. it. That's the thing is it's like it's just getting the feel of it, right? It's it's like everything yeah. else in this game. Maybe that's easier for me when I'm high, and I think that's another point that I'm going to add to that is that when you're high, it's easy to just sort of concentrate on something and, and put blinders on, and you don't notice other shit. And so you just sort of, or at least for me, uh, I intuitively kind of start, I feel stuff more. Yeah. And things become more intuitive to me, and I don't have to think about them as much, which is nice because most of the time my autistic ass analyzes everything and nothing comes intuitively. <laughs> So, you know, that's but but with Goldeneye, I think it's it's enhanced by that. I felt like, you know, we were I had better concentration playing the stoned out of my mind. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it really lends well to high gameplay. It really does. And normally I like to say that anything that requires too much strategy or anything that requires, you know, or, or is too difficult, you know, it, it's going to be. That is fun to play while high for most people, but I would say this is a very special exception in that case because it's not 
it's it's challenging on like your your reflexes and your general sense of strategy but it's not like complicated puzzles now me i like to play I like to play even that shit while I'm high. Don't get me wrong. Like I'll yeah. play, but I'm never gonna recommend you know Zelda as like a as like a good stoner game because I don't you know my brain's not like other people. This I do wholeheartedly recommend as a stoner game for anybody. Yeah, and it was a stoner game even back then. I mean, it just completely like took you know gaming by storm, especially when it came to you know stone gaming, which. I'm going to tell you the truth. In that particular generation, I wasn't really smoking weed at all at that time. So I never really got to experience it back in the day yeah. like while high. But, you know, experiencing it now, now that I'm almost in my 40s and, you know, I've been, I've been smoking weed for a little while. It's like, I mean, it's a different experience altogether. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the same for a lot of our listeners. Is this is something you know you played in your childhood, so it's not something that you probably were high while playing. But you know, maybe if you were fortunate enough to be college age whenever this came out, then you know this probably was you know the the per you know the perfect game that you'd see in like fucking you know college dorms with that in entire aesthetic but otherwise you know you, you likely didn't play this while stoned right but now this would be a great time to revisit that and that's that's maybe what we're trying to say here is it's a good time to if you have original hardware fuck yeah do it Definitely and you can pick this it. game up for like 20 bucks if you don't have that for some reason that i couldn't fathom like robert not having ocarina yeah, what the hell is that? <laughs> and right? even if, but even if you don't have original hardware, right? I would recommend playing this. You know, emulating it if you can. You know, N sixty four emulation uh, is not is pretty widespread now. I mean, you can yeah. you don't even have to have a good computer for that shit. You can. I think I think th there's even N sixty four emulation in browser, although it's not very good. You can even get uh, emulator cores on. Uh, uh, RetroArch as well. If you have a PS Classic or something like that, yeah, yeah, it, it, there are in uh, sixty four cores on. But you're this, gonna so. need the DualShock controller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're gonna need or that or a eight uh, bit do in uh, sixty four controller. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll need you'll need an analog stick. This game just doesn't work without one. I mean, it would actually be impossible to play without it because there's there's a whole other missing control there. Oh, I, I have yeah, I have uh, some ROMs on here, and I can actually get them to work. I can get them to turn on, but you know, you can't do anything because I don't have the controller for it. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So if you have that opportunity, there's also a remake of this game that I haven't played, but apparently, you know, throws Daniel Craig's face in. So it's sort of a like a reimagining of the movie slash remake of the game. So that's actually kind of cool that they actually made it J uh, Daniel Craig. You know, I, I think yeah. that, that that's honestly uh, that was honestly a good move on their part. The reviews aren't as um, spectacular, though, you know. So I've heard. Yeah. I, mean, I, I never really got around to playing it, so I can't really say one way or the other. But it's a remake that came out on the Wii, and then it was later ported to PS3 and Xbox 360, so I think you could... It might even be on, on Game Pass or... So, so it was on the Wii, huh? 
Yeah, it was. Do you think that maybe the motion controls had something to do with the bad reception? Maybe. Uh, or mixed reception. I, I, it was either reception? mixed or fairly high, depending on what version. But yeah, I mean, I, I think, I don't know, like you could make a, you know, the Wii, Metroid Prime 3 came out on the Wii as well as the remakes of the Metroid Prime games. And those play great with yeah, the motion controls. There, there were very few games on the Wii that really played with those controls well enough. But you know? it would have to be designed for those controls if you were just yeah. a, Well, it was though, because they remade it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it might actually be good. If it's as good as Metroid Prime's is, then um, then yeah. But I don't know. I, I I haven't seen any I haven't really read any reviews as to as to why. It, I, it would be interesting to compare them. I mean yeah. you know I'd like you know to check I mean? it out. Yeah. I, I take that back. It's probably not on Game Pass and it's definitely not on, on PlayStation. No, it it wouldn't be. Uh, no. uh they're I guess it's now it's now part of their, their PlayStation Plus uh, one one of their premium subscriptions, the oh yeah 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 extra or something. I need to PlayStation look. Extra. They, yeah, they have a bunch of bullshit now. Well, they they did the right thing. They just did it do it very well. <laughs> yeah, I, I got you. <laughs> That's man. something I think we'll get into more whenever we do our uh, like our next uh, numbered episode and we have a our game news segment. I'll maybe kind of break it down and do the research on it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. So yeah, no, I don't think this is the game you'll find on either of those because, or it's remake because, well, the reason this game hasn't ever been ported is is, is probably because of licensing issues. I would imagine so. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm not really sure how long the licenses were set to expire or anything, but man, it would be great if they could get it back and they could try to fucking do something with this. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know that Rare is no longer a thing anymore. They shut down a long time ago, but, you know... Somebody owns the rights to this. So, and somebody... And they have to have the source code somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, you, you can emulate this shit. There, there, there's, it's very possible. You just have to... You have to spend money with the right person, I think, to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, you know... What what I was thinking is yes, this game definitely should get it ported at least to Switch. That would be great. You know, put it on the Switch Online service on the the Nintendo sixty four. Yeah, yeah. Online service. That's you know, just throw that in there. It probably wouldn't be that hard to make that deal happen. And then find a way to uh, incorporate online game uh, multiplayer and everything. That would be a dream. And give people the option between you know like. Uh, controls that are going to be more like the original controls or updated controls. Here's an idea: make it into a fucking arcade cabinet, and then have because I mean that's kind of a thing is like remaking retro games and putting them in out in the arcade. That would be dope. That would be awesome, right? Yeah, but I mean I could even see this game getting getting ported over to PlayStation and Xbox. You know, because I, I think it's just essential. It's it's fundamental to what first person shooters are today. It, it definitely standardized. You know, while it wasn't the first person shooter, it was like the first first person shooter. It, it was the one that definitely. Uh, revolutionized and standardized made made it a thing you know yeah it may not be what you would call the first modern first person shooter i would argue that that's probably one of the uh at least on consoles it's probably one of the first call of duty games probably mm. has that you know honor but you know th yeah this is where you really started to see what would become multiplayer gaming today take form yeah, you know, and and it's a shame that Rare didn't end up doing any of the other Bond games because you know I don't know why they wouldn't. You know, I, I assume licensing has something to do with it, but I don't know why whoever's licensing developers wouldn't use you know the critical and commercial success of GoldenEye because you know I at the time this was it definitely surpassed expectations, so it would have made sense for them to allow Rare to continue to develop Bond games, but. I mean, all's well that ends well because Rare ended up doing Perfect Dark, and that would have been a, a Bond game probably. They just changed some characters. And yeah, changed the story around. Changed the and story, and, yeah. and you know, there you go. That's your. It's often it's considered the spiritual successor to it. So, and I've heard that Perfect Dark is actually a little bit better of a game. A little bit, a little bit. But I mean, yeah, that game was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the one that was the, the the prodigal son, so to speak. You know, this was the one that like that just 
that just took the world by storm, and we saw. Uh, I don't think Prodigal Son was a good analogy. No, no, at the, all. like the progenitor of. <laughs> this. I think I'm just thinking of prod prodigy, <laughs> prodigy. You prodigy, mean the, the prodigy, I'm the fire starter. <laughs> just thinking of a prodigy, yeah. Um, anyway, did I mention that we're stoned? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're very, very high, very high. But yeah. you know, th- this is this is the game that that stood out, that started it at all. You know, and anything you you owe the genre of first person shooters, especially multiplayer first person shooters, to Goldeneye. Yeah, it's pretty much part of the fabric of first person gaming period you know i mean think about how you know horror gaming has evolved because of the first person viewpoint you know the the, the resident evil games that ended up incorporating that were fucking fantastic and it took them up until just a few years ago to do it but yeah well i mean they originally tried to do it on the ps1 with resident evil survivor to very mixed results okay yeah. well i guess i'm just thinking of like the main series l- l- games. L- let's just put it this way there is an angry video game nerd episode isn't on that resident one evil on the survival. rails or something though? yeah it, it, it's pretty much a rails first person rail shooter okay well if it's on the rails then f- no <laughs> no but you still had first person movement in it Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was linear and everything. It was linear as hell, but, I mean, it wasn't like a light gun shooter. Like, you could use a light gun, but it wasn't like that. Okay. Like, you could still have some free movement there. So, technically, it was a first-time, first-person Resident Evil game. Okay, gotcha. So, it was an early attempt at it, at least. Yeah, Re- Resident Evil 7 Biohazard and Resident Evil Village actually did that much better. Yeah. But... Yeah, and, and, and around that time when Survivor came out, by that time, Resident Evil Code Veronica was already out on Dreamcast and was already, like, completely redefining the the series in its own right. So... <laughs> but, yeah, but, you know, even that, you know, like I said, the reason that ended up happening... Goldeneye, man. Goldeneye set the standard. Goldeneye was the thing. And I think that even if it does feel dated initially, once you play with the game a little bit and adjust for the controls, it's a, it's a totally awesome experience that surpasses a lot of what modern gaming has to offer still. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. How old is this game? It's almost 30 years old, right? Yeah, 97. It's so. like, geez, it's like, and it still holds this much weight. It's it's kind of like Final Fantasy VII. That's another game that is important. It's a, it's an important game to its genre, and it stands the test of time even above, you know, most modern games. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I kind of liken that to GoldenEye a little bit. Yeah. In, yeah. in, in its respective genre, you know. Right, I gotcha. Yeah, no, that actually makes a lot of sense. No, actually, and, and the graphics of this are actually pretty good considering. I, I mean, it's... The enemies don't look like too polygonal or anything. They they look like people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's better than some of the early PS1 character models you could see <laughs> on certain games. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome, dude. <laughs> totally awesome, bro. Totally awesome, bra. Totally awesome, bra. I lost my train of thought, but um, <laughs> I guess we'll go ahead and get into our f- final thoughts here. Well, first off, I want to recommend another game from this generation and from the N64 that I think is probably kind of just as fun as GoldenEye, mm. and that's uh, Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Okay, I've heard Turok. That know. that's another early first person shooter that was also interesting in its own right. It had its own little world and it, it eventually led to its own uh, uh multiplayer game called Turok Rage Wars, which was a a game that I have a lot of nostalgia for. It that's another good arena fight arena shooter and everything. It, it's it's really cool, but as far as this game is concerned, like pretty much everything we said earlier, it's like this is an important game in gaming history. It's an important game in Nintendo's history and an important game in Rare's history. Like like it it, it really elevated a lot of, you know, players in the in the game here, you know? Like yeah, it's definitely. what made it's what gave Rare a little more legitimacy, you know. After even more so after the Donkey Kong Country series and Killer Instinct and everything. You know? Yeah, definitely. And of course, you know, this would lead to like Banjo Kazooie, which is, you know, another classic 3D game that they made. Right. But, 
Yeah, I mean, this is pretty much where it's not where, like we said, it's not the first modern first-person shooter, but it's where modern first-person shooters gets their ideas from. You know, it's like as far as multiplayer, as far as the campaign, as far as far as the level design, as far as, you know, how the guns are rendered and how they shoot and how they feel and everything. Mm -hmm. It's like, I mean, this set all those standards and it's 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 awesome to go back and play it. And, you know, just kind of it it can be bare bones in certain ways. But, you know, you really just. There, there's so many things about it that's familiar enough yeah. that, you know, you could go back to it and you can kind of just catch up on it and you can just get into the world of it and everything. You can get into the multiplayer element, you know? I mean, we were having a fucking blast playing just the slap only just the shit. Slapping. Just that alone is so much fun <laughs> it, it's, and challenging even. You know, because it's a challenge to actually have to get up to your opponent to slap them before they slap you. Yeah, or, or fucking, you know, making holds in the bathroom in the facility. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, or shooting through windows and everything. It's like, that's a mechanic that was introduced here. Like, I mean, yeah. So, so many ways that you could go into this and fucking have a good time. So... Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun going back to this. It was a lot of fun playing multiplayer. Like that's a that was a good nostalgic experience. I mean, that took me back to that era of gaming, which was pretty much like my era of gaming right there. Like from Super Nintendo all the way th up to the like uh PS3. That's my era of gaming. To me, PS3 oh, yeah. is where gaming ends kind of for me. Okay, I yeah. understand that. I can you know? I can I can definitely see that. But I mean, yeah, this was it was great to go back and play this and have a little bit of a nostalgia trip, you know. And always fun to play Nintendo 64. You know, regardless Fuck of yeah. what you want to say about the controls, it's still a great experience picking oh, it's them up. Oh, nostalgic as hell. It, it it feels great, you know, just like picking up a uh, PlayStation an old school PlayStation controller, you know, or old school Nintendo controller. I mean, it's it's just perfect yeah yeah definitely i agree uh one interesting little tidbit before my final thoughts uh did you know that the uh the sounds the the grunts that they make whenever they die their sound effects uh those sounds are actually on the loop they're not random huh so some information that i found courtesy of uh, actually the retro blast podcast shout out uh, i listened to your episode on this and i thought it was pretty good subscribe to the show um Anyway, but but I, what I actually found out is that those same uh, sound effects that no matter what, like they always play on a loop. So you can actually, if you were, if, if, if you can watch videos on this, but you know every enemy you shoot is going to play those sound effects in a specified order, and then it loops around again after twenty or so. Uh, yeah, sound effects. But apparently, those sound effects were used in uh, the Jason Bourne movies. Oh, really? Yeah. What? Seriously? <laughs> yeah. No kidding. That's hilarious. No way. Yeah. No way. They were reused in a movie. In, that in the, is in the Bourne movies. In the Bourne movies of all movies. God apparently, damn. other things. I think. I think there are other other pieces pieces of media that have used those those st stock sounds. And and it's not clear whether those were originally stock stock sounds and or, or at least i'm not sure if those were you know from something else before goldeneye or if those were actually made for goldeneye but either way that is pretty fucking cool that is interesting it's almost kind of like a lost media thing it's like where did that shit actually come from you know it's kind of like like we know where the wilhelm scream came from yeah. we know where that came from but it's well, like, where did this shit come from? It's possible somebody actually does know. I haven't actually researched it. But yeah, okay. It's I got just you. something I heard on a podcast. That's interesting. <laughs> that, that's pretty cool. Um, so I I, th I thought it was worth it was worth talking about because I it, I think it, that is pretty neat that you know this a piece of this would be in in, in born like. It actually makes me want to go watch the Bourne movies, like listen to the <laughs> loops and just like kind of figure out where they're at, you know? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm sure there's probably, or I'm sure there's probably some videos on YouTube that point them out. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I'll just look it up. You know, if and if we're wrong, then um, DM us or or DM our friends the uh, the Retro Blast podcast. Not our friends; they don't actually know us, but we like you. I thought your content was pretty good. Um, anywho. So I guess that's just about it. My final thoughts with Goldeneye. 
I think it's a phenomenal game. I am going to let you guys know, like, I hadn't really played it before this. Maybe, like, at a McDonald's or, like, at my church or something where they had a Nintendo 64. I I might have played a couple rounds or I might have watched somebody play a couple rounds. But I, I don't actually remember, you know, getting my hands on this until until now, until we prepared for the podcast. But we saw it in Robert's collection. I knew I wanted to, to play it. I knew I wanted to talk about it. And, and even coming from something that I don't have that nostalgia factor for... I still think it's fucking fun as hell, man. And so that actually says a lot, I think. Because my first console was the GameCube. Now, I have friends, you know, people in my same age group that grew up with Nintendo 64s, but the first console my mom actually allowed me to to, uh, to own that bought for me was the GameCube. Now, my first technical console was the Atari 2600. My mom had yeah. one. Yeah, she had Asteroids, Battle Tanks... I think Space Invaders, maybe. Mm-hmm. But my first actual console was the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I was old enough to uh, get a Nintendo, but my my mom and dad didn't have enough money at the time. But around the time the Super Nintendo came out, they finally had enough, and that was my first actual gaming console. Fuck yeah, yeah. But yeah, even coming from that background, even having never watched Goldeneye, the the Pierce Brosnan James Bond film, um, I I still really thoroughly enjoyed this and i bet the enjoyment is even more you know when you have that nostalgic factor or you have that connection of having seen the movie i mean i think that's something for a lot of people growing up is something that you can't really take away is their experience with this game their memories of this and that's phenomenal it lives on in in the hearts of people even if you don't have a chance to 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 play GoldenEye, you do. You can just emulate it. But even you know what I mean. Like even if you if you don't do that, I, I think you know. I think there's something in it that a lot of our listeners can remember GoldenEye and and ha- kind of have fond memories of that and think, yeah, fuck yeah, that would be a fantastic game to play while stoned. And I hope you do it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was a lot of fun getting high to play this. Roll it blunts even to play it. Yeah, and and I can just recognize that you know. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised by how modern this game is, given the era, you know? Like, it has its quirks, it has its difficulties, but, you know, the fact that the the AI and the... Um, and the AI was pretty good, the controls are actually responsive, you know? if As long as you have good hardware, and you can pick up a Nintendo 64 controller for 20 bucks yeah, at and, your local game store. And, and and you can get a decent one, you know, that has a more responsive joystick and everything than original hardware controllers. So, yeah. so yeah, definitely look for one of those. We went over to Game Over. Yeah, what, what, what brand of uh, controller did we get? There's the box right there. Let's give it a little shout out. Like, it's what a Captain Premium Controller Nice from Hyperkin, I guess. From Hyperkin. Hyperkin. Okay, okay, yeah, I, I I think I know what that is, yeah. Okay, so, and we bought this over at the Game Over uh, by uh, 6204 in Bandera in San Antonio. Uh, that's a pretty cool store. I, I do, all the employees there are friendly, and they, they do try to upsell you, but it's shit that you actually want. That yeah, you yeah, like, yeah, You know, exactly. when I have a little bit more money, like, they, they talked about, they, uh, they showed us the Super 64 Enhancer. Yeah, that was really cool. They even showed us an example on uh, YouTube of uh, the difference between, you know, just regular composite and uh, this, uh, this upscaler. Yeah. And it was like, wow. And, and I'm pretty sure they had GoldenEye. We didn't yeah. need it, because we have it, but, yeah. you know, we picked up another controller. I saw a Perfect Dark there. Uh, I saw uh, a Nintendo 64 there. Yeah, dude, we need to pick up Perfect Dark, like 100%, and we need to track yeah. down Conker's Bad for a Day. Oh, fuck yeah. So I actually have played that game on original hardware. Nice. Uh, I was over at someone's house, and I had the the the, uh, the pleasant experience of being able to play that while incredibly stoned. Did, did you? Wait did a you- second. That's the Nintendo 64 game that we really should be talking about on 420. No shit, dude. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe next 420 that needs to be a thing. And I will definitely play that game and fucking be on that episode because fuck yeah, fuck yeah man. I mean, yeah, Conquer's Bad Fur Day. That's a great game. And great story behind that game as well. Yeah, maybe, maybe we should just make the whole month of February just 420 shit. Maybe. Yeah, because I, I know because we were also talking or about April, not February. April. Did I say what? You said February. Shit, dude. April, the whole month of April, and and you know I think what we had planned was Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, and that's also a good stoner game. Totally. Yeah. From the N sixty four, and isn't it funny that there's a lot of good stoner games from the N sixty four? 
Yeah. Isn't it kind of interesting? But we were we were actually, I was saying, if we're talking about Smash, it makes sense to kind of just, just go ahead and talk about Smash Ultimate, because it's objectively the best. Yeah. But um, I, 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 I will say that uh, Conqueror's Fat Bad Fur Day would actually be even more fitting. Yeah. So we should yeah. definitely do that, and then maybe also do Smash, and just make the whole month of April both episodes. That'd be cool. Awesome. That we might as Fuck well. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I, but you know, we we should probably we, we could probably do that in Collateral Cinema too. Just go ahead that's, and do. A, well, that's kind of what we used to do. That's what we used to do. Yeah. Until we kind of scaled it back to one episode, but I don't know. But we, we do one episode, and we do one director's cut episode. So yeah. You know what? That's probably what's going to end up happening. Yeah, we're probably going to have to. Probably going to be a bonus round. One of those is going to be a bonus round. I think Conker's Bad Fur Day should actually be our our uh, four twenty special, though. Yeah, and then next next April. There you go. You heard it here, folks. All right, there you go. Yeah, next April, Conker's Bad Fur Day. We'll make it happen. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. We we may as well go ahead and try to track down a copy of it. Yeah, for real. Uh, that'll be a lot more. That that'll be a lot more cheaper than than anyway. Yeah. Um. Alrighty, so anywho, uh, what's going on with Collateral Cinema, Bo? We are currently releasing our 420 episode where we talked about Evil Bong. We finally got Robert on the fucking episode, finally. Yeah, yeah, and we finally got the episode out yesterday as of the time of recording this. Yeah, so, so if you haven't heard it yet, go ahead and listen to that. And we're about to do our season finale. We are going to do Sidekicks, by Aaron, directed by Aaron Norris, starring Chuck Norris and Jonathan Brandis and Mecco. And also Bo Bridges, too. There's a, there's a Bo in this fucking movie. Nice. And not it's not Bo Derek, thank God. No, thank goodness it's not <laughs> Bo Derek. Oh, Lord. Yeah, there's, there's just going to be random fucking naked 14-year-olds all of a sudden. It's not going to be good. It'll never be good. <laughs> not at all. No. No. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm happy to see, uh, Collateral Cinema have a successful season. Also, we just hit 10,000 downloads on, on Collateral Cinema. Yeah, 10,000 collective downloads, you know, like, I mean, we've released so much content over the last five years, our numbered episodes, our director's cut episodes, our commentaries, our, you know, and also other such things, you know, our at the movies episodes, you know, those are always fun. But, I mean, it's crazy looking back on the last five years and just, you know, we st- we started this shit in my fucking, originally in uh, my buddy Joseph's uh, living room, originally, and then eventually in my little bedroom, uh, you know, and it kind of, it's just grown from there. And Fuck I'm yeah. just like, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's some podcasts that have grown a little faster than us, but, you know, I like to think that we fought for every single download, you know? And it's great that, you know, we were finally able to break that threshold, you know, before the fifth season was over. You know, it was, it was good. And also to get over 5,000 followers on Twitter. Like, that was another big milestone. So... Hell yeah, follow us on Twitter. We'll follow back 100%. We, we don't have the follower cap anymore. We can follow you back. So, hell yeah. yeah follow us on Twitter. Yeah, and uh, uh, fortunately we didn't get to have Robert on this episode, but we, we, we did have the pleasure of being able to get stoned. And I think we played GoldenEye with Robert. Yeah, yeah we did a little bit, yeah. We did a little bit. Uh, we actually have three controllers now, though, and, and we haven't had a chance to do that. No, no, and like, that that yeah. that would have been cool, but um, but yeah, no, we're we're uh, we're gonna kind of make that I think a, a regular thing going forward with uh, the 420 specials because b- both of my other co-hosts on Collateral Gaming uh, don't smoke, so uh, I'm just you know I'm just gonna do that with you and, and Robert. It, Fuck it, yeah, it'll be a thing, you know. So and by the way, Bo here is a guest of of a recurring guest slash bench. Bench host, I guess I could say, like, <laughs> yeah, more or less. I mean, like I've a, I've been on and off this podcast over the years. Re- yeah, re- recurring guest, I guess, is is the most fit slash. You know, my co-host on Collateral yeah. Cinema, and uh, always always awesome to record with Bo whenever we, it comes we, to retro games. Yeah, I mean, main that's mainly the bailiwick I want to get into is retro gaming or arcade gaming, like. Like I mean, I believe that we're going to do a bonus round with f- focusing on classic fighting games. I believe you know, which that's going to be fun because not only do I have a bunch of uh, classic fighting ga- arcade games on my PS One, we can we we can also go back to Versions Game Room and check out some of the fighting games they have there. So, yeah, 
Hell yeah. Exactly. But yeah, Bo, thanks for being on. Then uh, we're definitely, we're going to make this a regular thing where it's probably going to be the original crew on the 420 specials, which means that 420 specials moving forward might have a more, a bigger emphasis on retro games. Yeah, probably retro gaming and, you know, maybe even some movie based gaming. Yeah, there. exactly. You know? But uh, coming up on Collateral Gaming, we are going to be talking about Anthem. That's going to be our bad game review this season. Uh, I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm actually happy. I, I'm stoked to talk about it a little bit. I'm, I'm not stoked. Excited, I guess, is the right word. Stoked is like, oh my god, I can't wait. I've at least to talk about this game. I've at least seen the uh, what happened video from Matt McMuscles on that, and yeah, that's very interesting how that and, came came to be. I, and I've seen a few reviews. I've listened to a few podcasts as well. Um, we're definitely going to get into it on the episode. You know, the troubled development, all of it, because. Um, we're doing it as a bad game review. It's a collateral gaming versus episode, but it's not as much of an objectively bad game as some of the other stuff we've done in the past. More so, though, it's huge disappointment for uh, I think fans of of Bioware, and I also think that um, it it definitely is held back by uh, a lack of development. I don't think the game is finished. I mean, I think it suffered yeah. a lot of the issues that we later saw in Cyberpunk. You know, like it was something that was hyped up and just failed to deliver to the fact point that they abandoned the game. What, like a couple years into uh, after release? Yeah, it's like I mean, if you're going to put something out that half-assed, I mean, why even put the effort into it at all? Yeah, by this yeah. point, you know, why even Com spend the money? C completely abandoned it. Um, so, yeah, anyway, we'll be talking about that, and then I guess we'll go ahead and announce our uh, the rest of our season. So we're going to be talking about Hellblade Sinnoh's Sacrifice in May, and then in June, hopefully, we'll be ending the season with uh, Fire Emblem. Nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. There, there may be a few uh, game launch reviews in between. They're definitely going to continue to upload bonus round episodes. In fact, I think a 420 bonus round episode is in order. 420 directors cut as well we should figure out what we want to do yeah let's try to try to get it out before the end of the month <laughs> but uh actually i think the next thing we're gonna see you're gonna see from both of us is the sonic sh episode we ha still haven't done oh yeah yeah we still have to do the sonic episode That's we right. went and we saw the movie man we we got to talk about it we promoted it let's just do it we'll record that sometime over yeah, the next so, couple sometime days. soon we're gonna have and i want to go ahead and, and and say that i've uh, gotten back in touch with the retro anime podcast hopefully we will get our our Cowboy Bebop uh, mega episode together, and we can collaborate with them. And that will be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be kind of postseason, interseason content, so to speak. But it, it's it's the other part of that episode that was that was meant to air. Yeah, yeah, it, it's kind of a, you can call it a lost episode, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen at some point. In yeah. fact, anything we've ever announced on either podcast is going to happen at some point. It'll okay? happen eventually. Eventually, sometime. right? Not really sure when, maybe. I don't know. But I don't know. If Robert was here, he was like, I don't know. Sometime. We'll have to talk to your agent. I don't know. I can't. I don't, I don't know. know. I can't. I won't. Talk, talk to my agent. Talk to my second grade teacher. <laughs> He's to, here in spirit. It's his Nintendo talk, 64. Talk to my mechanic. That we used to play. <laughs> this game and we had a blast so happy 420 everyone i know it's not actually the day yet but it's april man all of april is 420 celebration time pretty much yeah like we do anything different all 364 other days right. of the year anyway right 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 <laughs> but it's a great time to just just reminisce on uh cannabis you know the culture that's arisen and and get, get super fucking high. Play some GoldenEye if you get a chance to. If you have the ability to do that, do it. Definitely do it. Yeah, do it was it. a lot of fun. Re wholeheartedly recommend for anybody listening. Um, I guess that's really all there is to say. You can find Collateral Gaming and Collateral Cinema wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Spotify, Google, YouTube, Apple, wherever. And... Uh, Check us out on Patreon as well. We have exclusive uh, Let's Play video game commentaries and full-length movie commentaries on the Collateral Cinema side. So $1 and $5 tiers, paying any amount of money will get you access to those. And as I always say, when we start seeing more, more money coming into that, 
more content is going to come out of that for sure. Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah, please consider uh, contributing to our Patreon. Our tiers start at $1, going up to $5. We're keeping it, you know, it's just straight and simple. So just check us out and support the show, everybody. We, we, would, yeah. love, we would love it. We got 10,000 downloads out of y'all. Like, I'm sure we can get some money out of y'all, you know? I mean, shit. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, uh, feedback on your platform of choice, whatever it is that you can do on Spotify. If you want to do it, do it. Like the video on YouTube. You know what I mean. And uh, go check us out on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, uh, including our Facebook group, Collateral Media Podcasts. And also check out Collateral Cinema on Good Pods. Mm-hmm. We've we've charted a few times there. We're thankful for that. We'd like to get a little higher on the charts, so... Uh, check us out there, uh, follow us, uh, rate and re- review us, and listen to us there. Fuck yeah. So, anywho, guys, have a happy fucking rest of the month of April. Smoke a shit ton of weed and stay safe out there. Hell yeah. Collateral. Well, hold on. Uh-oh. Are we that stone? That being said. Are we that stone, dude? <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Uh, I'm even. I, I don't even think we're we're even that consistent with the outros anyway. But I don't know. That being said, I've been Ashley Chancellor, and I was Bo Maddox. I think Bo Maddox of Collateral Cinema, occasional Collateral Gaming, recurring guest, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> uh, this has been Collateral Gaming. We are out. Out. Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.